the more that I've learned about sex and sex education and definitions of pleasure and all of the fascination associated with our beautiful private parts, I think that something that we still lack is even though a lot of us are becoming more comfortable with communicating about sex, we are still lacking in the sexual education and sexual health part. That's going to be something that we constantly need to remind ourselves to be conscious of. Uh, I do think more and more people are comfortable with knowing their status in terms of STI testing and understanding their bodies more, especially with the pandemic. So I know at least with me, I was one of those people that started having sex really early and it was way before sexual education was even introduced to the into the equation. So I'm participating in an act that I don't have uh, the adequate education associated with it. So as I've grown, I've taken more of an active approach in my sexual health, in my sexual education. Um, and that is what we are focusing on today. Today's episode is going to be all about sexual education because there's a lot of bad information out there. And it's time that we start taking an active approach in making sure we have the necessary information to make better and healthier and pleasurable sexual choices. It's your freak hostess, Jody, and you're tuned into Provocative. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. I will marry a nigga off some dick because everything else we can work on. And I have uh, sporadic periods of excessive masturbation. I really like how that just sounded. If I fuck you once and it's good, I'm gonna keep fucking you. Cause I didn't start sucking dick until college. Blew in that man's butthole. <laughs> that, that shit is wicked. That shit is. And today I have the amazing Dr. Rachel with me. I'm gonna let her introduce herself. She is amazing. You guys probably remember her from the TV show The Doctors. Um, anyone within the sex space knows her from the programs that she does and the talks that she's done all over the nation so I'm gonna hand it over to her to introduce herself go ahead Dr. Rachel well you didn't mention the most important part that you went through the Dr. Rachel Institute for your sexology training I did guys (laughs) yes yes you know you 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 came through the program and busted it wide open so you know uh no pun intended so it's a pleasure to be (laughs) here I was gonna say I did a little busting it wide open while I was doing the program too (laughs) there you go there you go it counts it counts you know yeah so it's it's a pleasure to be here I think you did a great introduction so um So, yeah, let's get into it. All right. So, yeah, as Dr. Rachel said, uh, that is how I and that's part of the reason why I wanted her on the show, because she's super amazing, super knowledgeable. She's a doctor. uh, She has a sexologist 
program that you can go through. I went through the program myself. It was a super amazing experience. It definitely changed my outlook and how I approach sex. And I think about things that I hadn't thought about prior to going through the program. So I'm super grateful to have been a part of that experience. Um, That said, Dr. Rachel, what do you think are still like some common misconceptions that we continue to see when it comes to people having conversations about sex? Uh, You know what? I think the biggest misconception is that sex isn't something that you should talk about, you know? And I Mm. think that, um, you know, like I think people are getting more comfortable texting about it, but I I don't even think that there's much, um, you, you know, in terms of, of the, the, you know, what do you really like? What types of things really turn you on? You know, the stuff that would help you become a better partner for that person. Because I think right. all of us can say, you know, I'm really good at X, Y, and Z. And uh, this person said I was great at this. But just because you were really good at it with person A doesn't necessarily mean that that translates very well to person B. Right. So I think what still is lacking is a, is a level of communication, which could and should exist, which would keep people, uh, you know, out of the weeds when it comes to sex, more, more pleasure, more, more uh, people getting along and, and choosing to stay together. Um, so I think that's, that's big. And, and then the other thing is, I think for uh, young, young African-American people and just black folks in general, I think there's still such a big distrust between men and women mm. that, everybody's trying to play a game of some sort all the time. Yeah. And so that, that game happens with sex. You know, it's like you really thinking about somebody, but part of the game is, well, I won't text him back for three days. Like, but what does that do? Right. <laughs> what have you accomplished by doing that? <laughs> right. So, so I, so I think if we would approach a uh, relationship like some of the other communities do, with just like an open heart and open head and open mind mm-hmm. that we would get more out of them and, and less jumping around from person to person trying to figure it out. You know? Right. Right. And it's like, uh, I want to say two things kind of in response to that. Uh, first is when it comes to communication about your sexual experiences, there's a difference between, uh, having your laundry, your, your, your sexual resume, right. Where it's like, Oh, you're, you're talking at someone and saying like, Oh, I can do this. And I've done that versus a, uh, a collaborative conversation with how, you guys would like to experience each other right mm-hmm. and that that's that's something totally different so it's like yeah on the one hand you might have someone that's like oh yeah th- this is the this is my sexual experience and this is what I'm good at etc but then you have sex with this person and then you're like wait but it didn't do that for me so now it kind of seems <laughs> like you it, now it kind of seems like like what's going on there's a disconnect here like did you lie to me <laughs> Um, right. what's going on? Or maybe it's just like, okay, this is this is just the feedback that you received with your previous partners, but I'm a total I'm someone new to experience. So you have to approach me as someone new to experience, right? So I think there's a, you know, we have to uh 
talk more about the quality of those conversations that are taking place as opposed to just saying like, oh, have conversations. Um, So maybe, yeah, I think maybe that comes with just maybe we're, you know, uh, maybe that's something that, you know, us within the sex educator space do is like, you know, just provide a little more, you know, guidance around how the conversation should go. But I mean, that's why you hire a sex coach, right? Um, To assist you with stuff. There you go. To help you figure out that piece, because let's be clear, yes, uh, yes. you know a lot of people don't even know what they want or what they like. So yes, sometimes they need help in that that category, right? And, yeah, and also not allowing your ego to get into and get in the way when you don't know what you want. Like, be honest about it. Be like, you know what? I actually don't know. I don't know if I like this or I like that because then that you're you're opening up the possibilities right you're being you know you're you're being honest but then you're also you give yourself and your partner an opportunity to figure out what the answer is to that if you say you don't know as opposed to just saying you know like shutting the conversation down saying no that just didn't do it for me well now nobody is you know improving the conversation goes nowhere right um the second thing that I wanted to uh bring up based on what you said is that some um in the in our community in particular we um we regulate sex in a very weird way so like mm-hmm. women hold you know, hold pussy over guys' hair where it's like, no, I'm not going to do this for you because, you know, the pussy is the prize type thing. So it's like you almost like um, it's like this whole idea with, okay, if you do good, I'll give you this. But if you do bad, I'll take it away. And I don't you know, I think that goes into, you know, this whole idea that we're playing games. We're playing games and we're not experiencing things in a way that is beneficial or pleasurable at that point because we're too consumed with the mind games. And that's a part of our ego. Like it's a defense mechanism, of course, like women feel like, oh, I'm only going to give him sex if uh, he does these things, because then it's like, okay, he gave me more than a wet ass. Right. Um, But, you know, with men, sometimes they'll, you know, okay, if I know she gonna give me the pussy at the end of the day if I do x y and z guess what I'm gonna do x y and z she gonna give me the pussy and then I'm gonna act however I'm gonna act after the fact either way it's a game and we have to get away from you know kind of using uh using sex as a uh a reward punishment type thing well you know I'll, I'll say this you know I think Sex is always going to be a commodity exchange. It, oh, it, yeah. just, it just is. You know, it's the oldest commodity cha- exchange in the book. But I like to see relationships where sex is used in a positive reinforcement type of way instead of a negative punishment type of way. Right. Um, and so I think when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, sex being a tool that you guys use for different strategies makes sense. You know, it's a birthday present. We might get to do anal for that, you know, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Right. But what you don't want to get into, what does create a pathological situation is when you start to use it as a, as a negative tool, you know, Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, you didn't do X, Y, Z, so you're not getting any today. Right. And what I find with other cultures is they are a little bit more strategic about using it as a, in a reward system type of way, which works for a lot of people, as opposed to using it as a punishment type mm-hmm. of situation. So mm-hmm. you kind of want to be a little bit more strategic in, form, in terms of 
what type of reinforcement you're doing. And then, um, you know, are you doing this in a negative way so that someone's going to start resenting you and disliking you? Or are you doing it in a way that can create some sort of positive um, of energy, so to speak? So, yeah, I, I think we always have to keep in mind that sex is a give or take. I mean, you know, like I remember my mom giving me the talk one day. She was like, you know, I know, Rachel, you're dating this older man. He's much older than you, you know, and it was basically a, a conversation that pussy's not free, you know, and that yeah. he should not be, he should not just be wearing out your, your good stuff just, uh, just for your good company, you know, like yeah. she was basically like, you know, well, what are you getting in exchange for that? Right. And I think that, um, you know, what's kind of lacking in sexual relationships this, this, to this day, particularly in young, uh, black folks is that. We've forgotten that it was a commodity exchange. Men used to show up with roses and flowers. Mm-hmm. They had to show up with something if they wanted some pussy. You know, right. now it's just like, you know, women throw it around and have decreased the value of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I can I can definitely agree with that as well. Um, at the end of the day, it is an exchange. And you have to figure out the exchange that works best for you. Because it, at the end of the day, if you want something out of it, your partner wants something out of it. It's gonna, you know, you just got to call a duck a duck, right? Like it's going to be some sort of exchange. And uh, that's why it's like super funny when guys say like, no, I don't pay for pussy. Well, did you pay for those dates? Um, Instead of you could have been doing anything in the like time is not free either. Right. Like you could be using your time doing something else, but you're investing it into the uh, the the acquiring of the pussy. Right. So you're still paying with it, whether it be with some, you know, some tangible monetary um, exchange or, you know, something monetary in nature or with your time. And either way. Time is money. So it's, how you paying it's for quality, it? Right. If, it, if it's quality. Right? Or, right. or, you know, maybe you do meet somebody in the hallway who just gives it to you for free and, and no, no exchange at all. But I mean, it, 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 what what came from that? Was yeah. that a quality situation that you would even go back to later? Right. So right. I, I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, people are kidding themselves when they're like, I ain't paying for it. You paying in some way. You're right. Oh, yeah, for sure. At least you should be. You should be. Because anything you get for free with no effort, no energy, you don't appreciate it. You sure don't. You you know, it's like, like, for instance, with the Dr. Rachel Institute, I used to give out scholarships. And what I realized is that if people didn't pay anything for the course, they did nothing. They didn't appreciate Mm -hmm. it. They didn't do the coursework. So, you know, like making people work for it or pay, if you want to use the word pay or put some type of energy forth in exchange for something is just a natural part of life. If they don't put any energy into it, if they don't have to try or put any effort to it, they don't appreciate it. And they won't appreciate you either. (laughs) They didn't didn't have to jump through any hoops to get some. Right. And also you have to know your worth in order for somebody else to kind of put a, you know, value on it too. Right. So it's like, you know, people go run out there and they buy the newest iPhone. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. They know the va- they 
Apple has placed its value on these on this technology and uh, the public that is willing to pay is going to do it. And it's fine. Right. That's just the type of, you know, uh, society that we live in. Right. Things will cost something and there's going to be someone out there that's going to pay it. And don't feel discouraged or lower your standards just because somebody's saying like, well, no, I'm not going to do this. All right. Well, guess what? The pussy ain't yours then. Like that's not that's just not that's not what's happening. So let's let's stop sh- you know uh let's stop this idea of shaming around uh sex being a commodity. Because that's yeah. what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um yeah. something else that I think is super important to talk about is this idea of self-pleasure as well. Because oftentimes there are a lot of women that I've run into that say like, "Oh my god, I don't see how you could sit there and use a toy." And I'm like, I remember when I thought like that and I wish I would have been using toys sooner because what? (laughs) So there's a lot of uh, bad information I think out there around uh, self-pleasure as well. Like I see the memes that say like, oh, you know, vibrators are going to desensitize your clit and uh i see other people saying like oh you know why would you masturbate if you are you know like believe in the the sacred value of your body and it's like wait why are these things being seen as a you know dichotomy why are they seen as polar opposites when life is a balance right and self-pleasure should fit into that balance in some way so what have you seen from your perspective I mean, I think masturbation and self-pleasure is such an important part of a healthy sex life and a, and, a, and a healthy sexual connection with the universe. I mean, because really, if you don't ever learn how to pleasure yourself, you cannot uh, accept pleasure from another person. Mm-hmm. So sexual exploration, particularly at a young age, I would prefer like my daughters to be able to know that they can please themselves instead of, oh, gosh, uh, I got this. My clitoris is throbbing, you know, like who's going to itch it for me? Like who's going to touch it? Who's going to make me feel good? Mm -hmm. We got to learn how to feel good ourselves. And then even taking it one step further, as you go through life and as different parts of your, your, your body change, whether you're on birth control, whether you've had a kid, whether have you, your body changes. And if you don't masturbate throughout those changes, you know, that old saying, if you don't use it, you'll lose it is really true. You'll start to lose your sex drive. Your clitoris will atrophy. You know, you'll, it'll be hard to get wet anymore. You know, so uh, masturbation is just such a healthy part of life for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, totally agree. I know I've, you know, done some research and I've, you know, uh, the interesting about sex education is that the same way you can find something to support one side of the debate, you can find something to support the other side of the debate as well. So I always encourage people to, you know, go to people that you trust, uh, take the, we have to still uh, be critical of the information that we receive. Um, there's this Facebook status and this is probably the last time I'm going to talk about this because uh, I don't want to keep giving energy to it but it's this idea that uh, self-pleasure will make it to where if you self-pleasure yourself too much then now you're the only person that can turn you on from your perspective 
Um, what, yeah, what are your thoughts on people that say stuff like that? Like literally it was, you know, it was this, I, I saw this status and the woman was like, you guys are using your vibrators too much. Now your clit is desensitized and you're the only person that can turn you on. And I was like, what? Well, you know, I think that if you lose using your vibrator all day, every day, it, it won't necessarily be that another person can't turn you on. But what it will be is that when you're in the throes of passion with a person, you may need a vibrator to um, orgasm or you may need a vibrator to get you there mm-hmm. because it will, you, you know, like, like over time, it just, you just start to train yourself to think that that's the pleasure that you want. So you do right. have to be careful and mindful that masturbation is a tool and it, and it, and it can just like anything. Listen, too much water will kill you. Yep. You know, like you'll be in the emergency room, uh, the, you know, with an electrolyte disorder. So anything way too much, more than your body can handle, can be a problem. Right. And uh, masturbation is right there with, with anything else. Too much water will kill you. Too much sugar will kill you. Too much masturbation won't won't do you right. So, yeah, I think it's important to find your balance in it and, and to know yourself. And it, And when you're young, you go through a phase where maybe you're masturbating every day. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it works. Then, you know, you as time goes by, you'll say, well, you know, maybe that wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. And then you find your balance with it. But I don't like for people to create shame around exactly. masturbation. I think that that is, that is problematic in and of itself because now you're saying, okay, I need somebody. Well, there's you and I both know somebody who doesn't have anybody, who won't ever have anybody. And so does that mean that they should never experience pleasure? So no, you, you don't want a pleasure to have to be hinged on another individual being there. Right. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I also don't think that, you know, like when I see these statuses floating around, it's only, you know what too much is. You know your body. You know what too much is. Find you. That is an individual choice. You have to find it. But it definitely is problematic when someone says, oh, if you do this, then this is going to happen because I know people that it's happened to. Well, I don't stop driving just because people get into car accidents. Um, Good point. Like, Good point. that's not that's not what happens. Right. And it's not the norm. Um, someone saying like, oh, if you do this to, you know, like, and again, there are new, there are different, uh, things that's going on with, um, with you when you are, uh, whether it be solo play or partner play, there are different things that are happening in your brain. Uh, there are different things that are happening with your body and, uh, it's okay. Uh, I feel like a lot of people think that, oh, well, if this happened to my friend, that it can happen to everybody. No, that's no, it's not the truth. The truth, especially because, you know, our, you know, penises come in all shapes and sizes. Vulvas um, come in all different shapes and sizes. This is the reality of it. So you have to make a choice that works for you. But also don't shame somebody else for doing what works for them. So if I say my diet for masturbation is five times a week, then that's that's what works for me. You don't know how long my sessions are. You don't know what that what what goes into those five days. If I'm only using the same toy or if I incorporate different things, it is my regimen. It is my routine, right? So what's going to work for me is not going to work for someone else. But don't say like, oh, y'all got to stop masturbating too much. What What's too much? 
I don't, that's not a like I don't I don't know what that means. Right. And I think, you know, on the outside, uh, as, as someone who receives that information as well, understand that that has nothing to do with you. Don't say like, oh, man, I got to stop masturbating now because some random person on Facebook said that uh, my clit is going to be de- desensitized. Uh, like let's not again let's take the information for what it is and still do what works for us that's right I love it all right um so uh are there you know just to kind of I think you know just in this short amount of time we've talked about a lot of good things is there anything else that you've seen in your experience that you know it's like look this is bad information let's put it into this um or any kind of last words you want to leave the people with yeah, I think, you know, I think it's always going to boil down to the best sex that can be had between two people are ones who communicate in advance and kind of let each other know, you know, like if you're into, if I'm into spanking and bondage and you can't stand that mess and I try to bring it to you, well, I, you know, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sexual compatibility. Really have to spend a little time, yeah, getting to know what the other person likes before they embark on that journey. And then we won't waste our time so much. We all have friends and family members who wasted their time with this person, wasted it with this. And mm-hmm. if they'd have just dialogued about it in the first place, you, you would have never had to spend the, those body fluids and that time and that energy with that person, right? right. So communication, I think, is always going to be at the crux of great sex. Agree. And feeling okay to move on. Like, just because you had sex with somebody don't mean that. You're supposed to hold on to that situation for the rest of your life. Like, this whole idea of, you know, shaming people because of their sexual experience makes no sense whatsoever. I've said this on the podcast before. Um, Would you allow somebody to operate you if you were their first patient? I I wouldn't feel too comfortable with that. (laughs) (laughs) um, And that's not even to say that, oh, the more people you have sex with, the more experience you have, right? Because it has to be quality experience. Are you growing sexually as a result of it? Are you, you know, is your mindset being um, opened up and expanded as a result of it, right? Are you not coming to sexual experiences with this arrogant idea that you just know everything, right? Because assuming that you know everything is the quickest way to make an ass of yourself. You have to get to know people, um, have these conversations. Um, be oh, Stop feeling ashamed of asking questions because it's better to ask something than to not ask. So it is okay to say like, oh, how do you feel about this and get somebody's reaction? How do you feel about that? Um, When was the last time you got tested? When, you know, how comfortable are you with sharing your results, et cetera? Like ask these questions. It is okay because I promise you whatever I, if someone shames you for being vocal and asking questions, then guess what? You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be having sex with them. Like that just means that in terms of sexual compatibility, it's not there and we should not force compatibility just because, you know, you may be compatible with this person in other ways, but sexual compatibility is a real thing. And if you are not sexually compatible with someone, it will eventually show up in some way, shape or form. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. That's great. Well, I mean, you have been the best host. Your podcast is off the chain. I enjoy listening. Ah, thank so you. Keep, keep, keep this fire going. Keep these conversations uh, in, in top of mind because I think ultimately these types of things like this podcast is going to help 
revolutionize how people uh, interact when it comes to sex and how they feel about themselves afterwards, during, and before. So thanks oh, for all I the hard really, work. I do. really appreciate that, Dr. Rachel, especially coming for you because you are amazing on so many different levels. The fact that you even find time to found time to squeeze my interview in uh to your busy schedule i am super grateful for that um before we go can you tell us about any upcoming projects you might have um or you know how people can find you connect with you follow you on social media etc yeah, yeah. So so the best way to kind of connect with me would probably be to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, it's youtube.com slash Dr. Rachel. You just have to spell Dr. Rachel, right? It's D-R-R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Mm-hmm. You may think that you have what it takes to become a sexologist. So you can always uh, hit us up at the Dr. Rachel Institute mm-hmm. and you can apply there. And, um, you know, just follow me on social media at Dr. Rachel. And, it, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. It's an honor. It's an honor to have someone come through the program and be doing big things like you are. So anytime you um, you want to have me back, please just let me know because this was a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yes. It was so awesome. great talking to you. And on that note, guys, I'm going to leave her information in the show notes. So make sure you click that. Go follow Dr. Rachel. She is amazing. She drops super helpful information on Instagram on a daily. I know I personally enjoy the content, uh, especially because a lot of her content targets uh, males, which I think is very mm-hmm. underrepresented um, in the space as well. Yes, no, yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely feel like uh, sexual health for men is underrepresented and um, in our space, um, but just across the world in general, which is kind of crazy because there are so many dick studies, but in terms of the health, right? So it's like, oh, the pleasure stuff, they have it on lock, but the actual health and, you know, these uncomfortable conversations that you have to have with doctors or just with yourself to know, you know, are you in a good sexual health standing? Um, It's not a lot of information out there. And I can see where, you know, someone might be a little ashamed or embarrassed because of, you know, the lack of resources out there. But um, don't want to get too caught, you know, too caught up in that. Like I said, guys, she has a wealth of information information i learn things daily from her um make sure you follow her the information will be in the show notes and yeah on that note we are out awesome before you go i want to remind you to embrace your inner hoe thank you for tuning into provocative and don't forget to follow us on all streaming platforms happy hoeing p-r-h-o-e-v-o-c-a-t-i-v-e Spell with the wire hoe because deep down, we all got some hoe in us. And this is your safe space to be unapologetically provocative. Oh, is my ground too masculine? What the fuck?